Do you ever wish things in life would go a lot faster? For us here at your Manchester, it's the wait until we get some warmer weather in the north. Oh, and the wait between the seasons of Heartstopper. We wouldn't mind speeding through the washing up either. Do you know what else is better when it goes faster? Your broadband. And luckily for us Mancunians, Talk Talk's Future Fibre is now here in Manchester and with speeds up to a whopping 900 megabits per second, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. And it's great Talk Talk value too. While it might not do the washing up for you when it comes to downloading our podcast or booking tickets to see the latest plays here in Manchester, then ultra-fast, ultra-reliable broadband using the latest technology is just what you need. To find out more, search TalkTalk Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester. It's set to be an exciting weekend as the Great Manchester Run is taking place tomorrow. And our sponsor Talk Talk is also setting the pace for the Great Manchester Run as its connectivity partner for the event. If you are taking part, make sure you look out for Talk Talk's pacer who will be keeping you motivated with banging tunes. And once you've crossed that finish line, head to Talk Talk's Finisher Village, which is a chill-out zone, pick-and-mix station, giveaways and so much more. Talk Talk is also giving this year's races an extra dose of the feel-good factor with a £5,000 charitable donation boost. 20 lucky runners will be gifted a golden ticket worth £250 to donate to a local charity of their choice. So keep your eyes peeled. You might even spot a famous sporting face there too. No! Welcome back to you, Mr. Brandon McCaffrey. Thank you. From me and Ms. Belinda Scandal. How the heck are you? I know. Right, we've been away, we? We've, we've had holidays. You know, holidays. Imagine that. We'll never get that again for the next year. I know, what happened no, with that? No, Not no. at the same time. Where did you go? I went to Benidorm. You went to Benidorm. I went to yeah. Gran Canaria. All the... Um, Salubrious places, yes. <laughs> we were there. We, we, we embraced ourselves in the culture. We were living the dream. We were. We were living we were. that dream. That dream and was now being we're lived. Back in Manchester. And now we're back here in Manchester with a fantastic show lined up for you today, everybody. Yes, indeed. On the show today, we are going to be talking to the creator and BAFTA award winning lady herself, Sophie Willen. She's going to be talking to us in just a few minutes' time. Also, also we'll be talking to Henry Lewis, is here from the Mischief Company. He is the player that goes wrong, a bit like our show. Yeah. Yes. Your Manchester goes wrong just yes. every week. It probably won't do. It probably will do this week. Yeah, because it went far too well last week, didn't it? Uh, well do done you think to our. Where are the problem? Which maybe maybe we've got too much energy running for us. That's clearly what it That's is. That's what it is. That's too much energy. Also on the show today and on our sofa joining us is our lovely guest talking about Genopolis. We've got Charlie Hussen Sykes, everybody. There we go. And uh, we're going to be delving into a, a heart condition story very very soon as well as we talk to Jack Cameron Dickinson. So that's all to come on today's show. But first of all, as we did say, we are talking. First of all. To BAFTA award-winning, yes, oh, yes, I think there's more than one in the pipeline here, you know, oh. I really do. I tell you, if this was America, she'd be holding a little gold statuette by now. <laughs> Alma's Not Normal. If you don't know what Alma's Not Normal is all about, let's have a look at this. I've got to be honest, I've got no job experience, but I've got pizzazz, I've got charisma, and I think outside the box. Once you commit to a turban, your whole personality changes. I feel it. I saw you sign outside. I want to be an actress. Big mistake. We're not doing a pan tour this year. Have you got anything without bits? I don't eat egg anymore, Alma. Who wants to eat the unborn child of a depressed hen? If you want to dump me, Alma, just do it in a normal way. I'm not normal, though, am I? 
put some of the lines in. Let's bring I, Sophie in. Welcome to the welcome show, Sophie. How are you? I mean, it's it's funny to watch, but it's even funnier to think of that you've actually put them words into actors' mouths because this is literally your child, isn't it? It was born to you. You created it. Where did it come from, the inspiration? Well, it's kind of semi-autobiographical. And uh, well, I wrote the first script in 2014 and I, I wrote it with well, I had a producer commissioner in Manchester then it went to London, disappeared, died a death. So then I started doing stand-up, trying a lot of that material in stand-up. And then it had another life when I won the Carolina Home Bursary and then got to redo it. And then we put it on a, a live performance of it in London, got the commissioners, the BBC Two channel controller to come and watch it to see if they commission it. It's, it's, yeah. a, bit of a, it's a bit of a, a, a crazy show because obviously it's quite, you know, you say it's, it's autobiographical, but the words that you use is so typical normal it's, it's called almost not normal but it's normal speech it's stuff that we recognize do you think especially that, up here yeah oh yeah. yeah do you think people watch the show because they connect to it the, the characters on screen i hope so yeah and i do think there's an irony to say not normal because actually it is like you said really normal family dynamics you know there's always a lot going on in in most people's families and i think that kind of plays out in alma with humor and some darker bits as well, which I think, again, you know, it's always a mixed bag, isn't it? You know, there's kind of moments, I don't know about with your family, but with my family, where it's kind of insanity and then hilarious. At the time. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. You say semi-autobiographical. Um, what have you drawn from then that you put into this? I suppose a similar background, Alma, you know, was brought up in, in, in and out of the curse system. She was temporarily fostered by a, a grandmother. I got my records back from social services when I was 23. Obviously, Alma gets them at 30, so there's diff slight differences. But that experience of getting your social service records, you know, I wanted to show that, how, how I personally experienced it. Obviously, it's different for everybody. But I don't think you've really seen that in a comedy before. I mean, it's always very bleak when you hear about care experience people. Yeah. When they get I mean, the last person I've seen get the records back on screen was the Joker, and then he went on a killing spree. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it reminds me a bit of like an adult Tracy Beaker almost. You know, you an get, adult you get Tracy Beaker. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. got, it's got that care aspect because it was one of those shows that showed you what care life can be like. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think the way you've written this show, it's showing people an insight into what care can be for people who have grown through it? I think all you can do as well is, is kind of say what feels real to you and what was true to you, because I suppose every person who's been through care experience has so different experiences of it, but there might be certain universalities and there'll be other things people go, that wasn't how it was for me, it was more like this. So I think really just opening up that conversation and just, you know, explaining how it was for you at the time. And, of course, we've got the character in there of Alma, but, I mean, the characters that surround her in this, I mean... Yeah. It's easy to write them off as stereotypical comedy characters, but it's more than that once you get past and into it because they've all got a tragedy about them. I mean, how do you go about sculpting such good characters? Oh, God, that's a good question, isn't it? I don't know. Thank I, you. I, I suppose <laughs> just, the, the, the women like I've known them, and I suppose a lot of people will know them, you know, that they kind of had ideas above the station. You know, there's like trauma and, and class issues and mental health and loads of things that have got in the way but ultimately they're very loving people and they've all got a good sense of humor and they're all eccentric they never quite fitted in I mean my grandma was very much like grandma Joan you know that she got divorced she wore a lot of animal prints I mean when it was her funeral we all wore different animal prints and when we were taking out the coffin we played right said Fred I'm too sexy as the coffin went out you know so there's a lot of like you know kind of full people they were just you know my grandma was just like otherworldly and wanted to be 
fully embracing life, which meant she felt everything very fuller, whether it was a good emotion or a, or a bad emotion, I, I, you know, as does the, the character Lynn. You know, and I wanted to show that relationship between addiction and trauma and the relationships of the family system and how that kind of plays out, really, specifically with women. Um, so where are we at at the moment, then, with the BAFTA winning situation? Is it one, two, 12,000? How many have you won so far, oh, Sophie? I spread that rumour. I like that, 12,000. <laughs> it's two now. I'm really chuffed. One for writer and one for actor. So that was a fabulous moment. I wasn't expecting the actor one at all. Well, I wasn't expecting the writer one. That was like, yeah. <laughs> I know, everyone. I wasn't expecting the actor the writer. Well, I, I was a shoo in. <laughs> but the actor one, I mean, it really blew my socks off when that We happened. saw the video of it, didn't we? You running around where you were living at the time, running around very excited. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be dead elegant today. I'm going to really show that I can be an elegant Boltonian and it did not go well. <laughs> so what do we do for um, series two then? Well, I'm cracking on now. I'm getting, yeah. you know, I've had a few months now of it's all been quite a whirlwind, you know, woo, party central. Yeah, yeah. You know, celebrating and all that and, and just trying to get a bit centred now and actually get writing, which is what I've been doing this week. And I suppose so, to really push it, where, where do we expect them to go, these characters? Uh, Grandma and uh, Alma go to... Uh, this is exclusive, by the way. I've not told anyone this. So oh, oh, good. Oh, love it. Um, they go to Wilmslow because uh, I, I, this is from personal. I remember my grandma when I was about 16. She said, look, I've heard that Wilmslow is the Hollywood of the North. Everybody's there. We must go to Wilmslow. And we got on a train and we went to Wilmslow and it was so depressing. And we sat snug <laughs> and lasses with a lime and soda, and Grandma was so depressed. She had this little faux fur hat on and some mittens. She'd really made an effort. And she got there and she just went, it's not Hollywood, is it? Well, uh, unfortunately, Sophie, we are going to have to wrap this up now because we've yes. got to go and look where the Queen's going to be lighting her first beacon, unfortunately. Mm. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, so from one Queen to another. Sophie, oh. thank you so much for thank your time, you very much, Sophie. And uh, so can't much. wait for season two. Thank you very Looking much. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Right then, so, so as we did say, we're looking at beacons. I can't wait for that. Oh, do you know what? No, I, I love it. Did you know the way she was like, she did the, she did yeah. the circle? Yeah. I actually was going to apply for that. Didn't you? Well, I was. And then we did lockdown and I thought, sitting in a room on my own, only talking to three people. So social, been just social like media lockdown. wasn't the change. Yeah, so, so exactly. It's no problem. All right, then. Uh, Matt Llewellyn's going to be doing us a few pieces. He's going to be going to a few of the royal um, places that are within our lovely, lovely region. This is just one of them. Let's see where he is this week. Hello, and here I am on the first of my Jubilee journeys around Greater Manchester, visiting places associated with the Queen or the upcoming Platinum Jubilee. And just over there is Hartshead Pike, this monument that sits in the borough of Tameside, halfway between Ashton Underline and Oldham over there. And the pike has played a major part in royal history. That's not the first pike to have sat here. The first one was built to commemorate the visit to the local area by King Canute, the one who tried to hold back the tides and stop the sea coming in, as I seem to remember. This one dates back to the 1860s and was built for the marriage of the Prince of Wales to Queen Alexandra of Denmark. And there's been beacons lit here, flaming torches to show that news is to be spread around the country, and that's happened down the years. And that is what is happening for the Platinum Jubilee. So all across the country on the 2nd of June, and they'll be lit from 9.45 in the evening, over 2,000 beacons will be lit around the UK and over 54 in Commonwealth countries. And the one here is to be the first one. Won't be a gas jet here, 
and it will be a light show and that will start it off. All the beacons will be lit around the world, culminating in the one at Buckingham Palace. Now I'm going to put the bunting up. I'm hoping to bump into somebody royal. You would think you would, wouldn't you? So have a look to see where the beacons are taking place in your area and I'll see you next week on your Manchester with another Jubilee Journey. One gentleman that's going to be headlining very, very soon over in the theatres is the originator and creator of the play that goes wrong. Now, you're yes. going to see this, you? Oh, I'm dying to see it too. Tennyson yeah. player. Oh, I can't wait. Do you know what else is coming? Oh, please. Do you know what else project? is coming? Let's just run that little BT about uh, a certain radio station. Coming soon, Chatterbox Radio, part of the Your Manchester Media family. Broadcasting live every day. It's where the city comes to talk. That's right, everybody. Yes. Coming your way very, very soon to the airwaves, audio. Well, you do this. have a fifth for radio. Thank you, I do. Like, you've got hands for modelling. I like it, honestly. <laughs> I've been a hand model. You could be a hand model. I've been a hand model. You've been a hand model. From Manchester City. Sterling. Anyway, everybody. See, it's getting that way now. It's almost <laughs> like you're ready for the tenuous little link here. It's almost like the play that goes wrong. I mean, could it get any more exciting, Brandon? I know. The original cast returning for literally two weeks within this year, bringing us the play that goes wrong. And my favourite ever. Everybody is Mr. Henry Lewis, and he joins us right here now. Henry Lewis, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. I suddenly realised then, as I did that impression, that that might have been your real voice. You just never know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where did this character of yours develop from? I mean, I've met a few within drama schools and drama things like that, but where did it come from for you? Well, I mean, yeah, no, I, I certainly uh, grew up in amateur theatre and. Um, no, there's definitely lots and lots of uh, actors in that environment who like the sound of their own voice. So I'm sure there's uh, been a few inspirations. But the inspiration for the whole show kind of came from um, a guy called Michael Green, who wrote a book called The Art of Course Acting, very funny book, um, about 50 years ago now. Um, and he wrote short plays, course acting plays, uh, in which things sort of started to unravel for the actors. And so that was a big, uh, that was a big inspiration for us in terms of the style of comedy. Um, Right, not the character necessarily, but the style, yeah. It's uh, all very, very ingenious stuff yeah. because you've not just brought a, a sort of new genre to us, you, you've brought us something that is, is quite old school, but has actually done so remarkably well, thanks to you guys. Why is um, why would you say this type of comedy has come back in full force? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's fairly universal kind of the humor. I think that, um, obviously physical comedy and stuff, I think, um, is, uh, something, you know, that everybody can laugh at. I think that it's not, uh, a cynical show. Um, you know, I think it, uh, even though I suppose you are kind of, uh, laughing at other people's pain at sometimes, uh, it doesn't feel, I don't think, uh, sort of cruel. It's quite sort of a warm hearted show. Um, and, and just a kind of a big, funny, silly show with, you know, we, we, we've really tried to always try when we were writing it to sort of pack as many jokes as we possibly could into the show uh, so that it really is laugh out loud funny from beginning to end. Um, and so hopefully I think those are some of the, the factors that, uh, that mean it's, uh, it's, it's, done, it's, done, it's done okay. Now, Mischief have obviously done quite a few shows. You've, you've got quite a few goes wrong shows on there at the moment. What exactly is the creative process behind getting these shows going? Because it must be so intricate that you have to put together something that not only looks like it's gone wrong, but it's gone wrong on purpose. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it has to be really, really carefully choreographed. 
um, partly because that's what the timing requires in order to make it funny, but also partly because um, you, also for safety reasons, obviously if you're doing big kind of stunts and that sort of thing, uh, you've got to make sure that everyone's sort of standing in the right place, doing the right things, so that no one actually gets hurt. Um, obviously, of course, you're you're trying to make the slapstick look real and make things look quite painful and make, if someone's being hit with something, you really want them to feel like they have been hit with it uh, so that you really, you really kind of buy into that. But obviously, it's got to be safe and it's got to be something that you can replicate eight nights a week, you know, on a, on a yeah. long run. Um, that's really important that it's well choreographed, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we work in a lot of detail in the script and we uh, try to always make sure... Um, uh, what we write is, is is sort of doable and practical in the first instance. We don't always succeed there, but then we try things out uh, with um, our company of actors and um, we do lots of workshopping. And through that, we kind of refine things and we um, we take out things that don't quite work and we, we, we change stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's a long process to create a show. So it's called The Play That Goes Wrong. Has it ever really gone wrong? <laughs> it has, yes, of course. I mean, um, you know, it's been going in the West End for seven years, so there's definitely been uh, performances where things haven't quite gone right. Um, there's a moment in the show, I don't want to give too much away for anyone who hasn't seen it, but obviously it's soon in Manchester, but um, it's um, uh, there's a moment in the show where some of the set collapses. We've had a little bit of trouble with some of the, the technical workings of that. The last couple of performances in London, actually, and weirdly we had this, a similar issue. Um, in New York, where it's, where it's playing off Broadway, um, so it's it, yeah, we, we definitely do have problems. We we had um, a show where Dave Hearn, one of the cast, uh, dislocated his shoulder midway through the the show. Um, that was tricky. That was very painful uh, for him, uh, but also, of course, the, the audience did think it was part of it, which was slightly tricky. I remember Dave going out in the interval. He got through to the end. It was towards the end of the first act. He got to the interval and then went outside, got in a cab to go to the hospital. Um, and all the audience who were outside, you know, having a drink or whatever uh, in the interval, they all thought that was part of the show. Him getting in the cab and driving off was all part of, sort of an immersive part of the show. Uh, so everyone was kind of laughing and, you know, that was, uh, that was <laughs> yeah, the line between reality and fiction. It's, it's a bit Tommy Cooper-esque thing with yes. it. Like, is this part of the gig? Oh, no, no, this has actually happened. Yeah. Uh, so you're coming back to Manchester then and you're doing Ooh. somewhere else that we don't need to mention. But, I mean, why are you coming back now? Why is the original cash returning now? Um, well, I mean, we've, we've not done the show for a long time. Um, in fact, this year is 10 years since we first did the show. Uh, in its initial form as a one-act show um, uh, at the Old Red Lion Theatre in Islington. So it sort of felt like we, we haven't performed the show, um, or we haven't performed Play That Goes Wrong together since we did it on Broadway in 2017. So it's been five years since then, so it felt like a good time to get back together and do it one last time. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so, so we, we sort of thought we'd, we'd do a couple of weeks of the tour and... Um, and, uh, and and get get back on the horse. See if we can see if we can still do it. So you say one last time. Does this mean this will be the last time you do it, or is this just like just one more go at it? Maybe you'll return. Well, to I it. mean, who knows? I can't predict the future. But for now, it's the la it's the last time we plan to do this particular show uh, as a company. But of course, the tour goes on uh, after we do our two weeks. We do Manchester, uh, and then we do Newcastle, and then uh, then there's the the, the, the tour cast who are fantastic. Uh, pick it back up, uh, do Cardiff, and then they're, they're touring right the way through until uh, the end of the summer. I mean, this is a, an award-winning show. What, what do you think its secret of the success is? 
Um, I think it's sort of got a, a really sort of warm heart. I think we, we sort of made it, um, it you know, we, we put it together in a really collaborative way. You know, we had all the, all of the cast who were involved were, uh, were, were sort of part of the development of the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Henry. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. Hayley and welcome to this week's On The Box. Now before I talk about what I'm watching, how exciting is it that we have a new Doctor that was announced last week, Shooty. I cannot wait for that series to start. One of the things I'm really excited to watch is of course Conversations with Friends. Now that is available every week, I think it's every Sunday on BBC Three, but you can catch the whole lot on iPlayer. That is by the same writer as Normal People. That was an epic drama that was out about a year or so ago. I think it was actually May 2020, so it's probably long, about two years ago now. It's all this pandemic, it's getting me confused with dates. On the flip side of that, the other thing I want to watch soon is available on all four, and it is Will Young's um, losing my twin and it's all about how he coped with his twin's alcoholism and his twin sadly passed away in about two years ago but I, I, I think it's going to be one of those triggering episodes, triggering documentaries and it's probably going to be something that I'm going to have to watch in little bits but I do want to watch it, I think it's absolutely important. Uh, the other thing I'm watching at the moment is a series called Screw. It's a British comedy drama and it is available on all four. So it's not necessary to um, pay for telly on Netflix and Sky and all of that. There's so much you can see on BBC, um, Channel 4, ITV, etc. There's loads of box sets on Channel 4. And like I said, I've just started Screw. It's absolutely amazing. There's lots of Northern actors in it as well. So you'll probably recognise them. And it's all about the um, prison officers and also the prisoners as well and all the dramas and lives intertwining, etc. And it's absolutely fabulous. Now that's it from me. I shall catch you next time. And remember, stronger together. Bye. Now, not all the stories we cover here on Manchester are always positive ones, although we do try and look for the positive spin in them. And one gentleman joining us now to tell us his very personal story. Welcome to the studio, Jack Cameron Dickinson. How are you? Hello. Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No now, problem. To the outside world, you look very healthy, young, fresh. Yes. Uh, to you, though, you're not feeling too healthy. No, not too great. No, not too great. Um, I was recently diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy, um, which is a structural heart disease that basically affects how my heart functions. Mm -hmm. um, it was caught two, four years ago. Um, and then after yearly observations, they finally dropped the bombshell on me in March um, after watching it progress. Um, I feel healthy. It was a massive shock. Like, yeah. Um, was not expecting it at all. I went to my appointment thinking I was meeting just a new consultant, thought he wasn't going to tell me anything I didn't already know. And I went on my own because of that. Mm -hmm. And then next thing, do some tests and he sits me down. He's like, right, so this is what we've witnessed over the last four years. This is what we... And what had they have. witnessed over the last four years? So um, there's something called an ejection fraction, which is the percentage of blood to your chamber of your heart pumps out. Mm -hmm. um, it's normally between 55 and 75. When I first presented four years ago, it was 55. So the lower end normal. Um, in March, it was 46. Nice. So a 10% drop, and that is quite significant. Um, so at this point, that's when they thought they'd start to intervene, put me on medication. What, what does it mean for, for your life going forward? Um, I think it's a long road. Um, medication to start with to manage it. 
um, ones that I'm on, they're called ACE inhibitors. Mm -hmm. um, so basically protect my heart and lower my blood pressure. Um, they have their own side effects. Um, but for now, that is the way forwards. He said that I'd either keep it the same or improve it a little bit, or there'll be no change. It'll just keep going down. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, other options are available. Go towards the surgery path. Um, and the end result, really, um, in severe cases, is heart transplantation. Uh, heart transplantation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it is the dilated cardiomyopathy is actually the leading cause for um, transplants in the UK. All right. So it's a weird prospect to think about, um, especially when I am so young at 22, feeling so healthy. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a scary thought, but I can only do what I can in the meantime to kind of... Absolutely. I mean, that. obviously, talking about it, we're, we're raising awareness of such a thing. What are the symptoms that people should look out for in themselves, possibly, then? Well, the main symptoms of it, they're quite generic, really. Um, it's breathlessness, um, lightheadedness, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. palpitations. Um, and eventually kind of swelling, so when your body kind of collects fluids, so in your ankles, your abdomen, stuff like that. Um, but for me personally, I didn't really notice anything, because like I said, I go to the gym, I feel quite fit. Um, over the last few years, I haven't felt as fit, um, which I thought was quite odd. Um, but I just thought it was me, you know, this is normal for me. Yeah. And it's only since being on medication and going back to the gym, realizing how unfit I was, um, for example, a year ago, I could probably hardly run a kilometer. Whereas I went to the gym two months ago, just after I found out, mm -hmm. and I ran 2K off the bat. Um, and then recently, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I ran 10K, which I never thought oh. would be possible. I was aiming for 5K on that occasion. Mm -hmm. And I got to it, I was like, I'm still able. Like, let's keep going. I, I made this. it to 10K. But, Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the next thing for you then? Is this, you're just going to live life to the full, I guess, in a way? Definitely. It's definitely giving me a lot more motivation to be healthier, quit smoking, kind of just look after myself a little bit more with whatever time I have. Yeah. And there's lots of organisations out there as well, isn't there? Of course there is. There's the British Heart Foundation. They're amazing. There's so much good information on their website. Um, there's also Cardiomap the UK. All sorts. There is a lot out there. Okay then. Fantastic. Well, well, thank you for bringing this yes, story to us. Because it's always very, very important. Uh, and thank you for coming in today. Uh, in the meantime, uh, no thrill-seeking on the next part of our programme, but let's see what's going on in Manchester. Hello, Michael here with everything you need to know that's kicking off in Manchester in the next week. First, to the Sure Show, which opened at the Palace last night and is here until Saturday. Get ready to turn back time with iconic hits from the equally as iconic songstress. You better believe that this isn't one to be missed. Tickets can be found on the ATG website. This week is also Pride Week in Trafford. With live cabaret, comedy, music and dance acts, there's bound to be fun for all of the family. Some events are ticketed and more information, including the full programme, can be found on the Visit Manchester website. Lastly, and keeping on the same theme, the RuPaul's Drag Race Work the World Tour is landing at the Manchester Arena tomorrow evening. Featuring some of your favourite queens from the UK series, this isn't one to be missed. Whatever you're doing this week, be sure to let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Tweet us at YourMCR and I'll see you again soon. Charlie, Houston Sykes, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, It's thank a you. long time, no see. Very long time, far too long. How much ginger reckon you've consumed since last time I saw you to now? 
a lot. A lot. You like your gin, don't you? <laughs> the fear of you like your gin. Do you have a favourite gin? What time of day is it? Okay. What, 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 how am I drinking it? Have I got out of bed in a good mood or a bad mood? Yeah. There's like there's, there's ten thousand plus gins. Gin with a cucumber or gin with lime? <laughs> Depends on the gin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. We're here tonight to talk to you about Ginopolis. Yes. Which was formerly known as formerly known as World Gin Day Manchester. Right. So we've had rebrands. Yes. I've had a rebrand. They've yes. had a rebrand. Um, so we're now Ginopolis. So taking Cotinopolis and gin and smooshing them together. Very clever. I know. Very clever. We're good. <laughs> and what can we expect to see from this fabulous event? So 11th of June is the most wonderful time of the year. It's not Christmas. It is World Gin Day. And that weekend we are doing exactly as we did in pre-coronial times. Pre-coronial. <laughs> I like that. I'm having that. Write that down. <laughs> that sounds pre-coronial. In pre-coronial times, we are getting together to just drink a lot of gin. Right. This event, it takes you where to where? So it's all over the city. So currently we have, I think it's 12 bars that are signed up. So everywhere from the Edinburgh Castle to um, uh, Mechanica. That's yeah. oh, yes. fabulous new bar. Um, all the way over to our favourites, Tariff and Dale. Uh, and it's, it sounds like it could be expensive, but it's not, is it? No, it's not. £7.50 gets you the virtual wristband. We've gone virtual. Virtual. Oh. Virtual. So it's a QR code. Right. It gets you the QR code, and that gives you access to all the discounted gins, cocktails, all the bits and pieces that are going on. So there's two-for-ones. There are special cocktails that are being put on by bars. There's all sorts of stuff going on that they've got planned, and it just it, for the whole weekend. Oh, it sounds dangerous. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a good time. Because yeah. when I go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, let me tell you, I'm not just going around once. <laughs> so with gin, you can imagine how it would turn out, don't you? You mentioned a QR code. Mentioned yes. Where can they find this QR code? So it's the Jumpers Manchester website, which right. we will put everywhere. So yeah. you, you won't be able to miss it. And I'm sure you'll be putting it out on your socials we as well. Indeed. Because we've partnered with you. We are partnered. Oh. Partnered with you in Manchester. Manchester. 10th to the 12th of June at uh, Ginopolis. And uh, look, there you are. Look, see, it says visit ginopolis.co.uk to buy your £7.50 QR code. So are there any events going on that people can expect from different bars? Anything special that certain ones are doing? I am waiting for details. We're still getting bits together but i have some seen some very exciting looking cocktails we're kind of like inching out on socials slowly so okay. tease it's only seven pound fifty <laughs> visit ginopolis.co.uk it's on the 10th to the 12th of june this year everybody you've waited long enough for something like this you may as well fully take full advantage of it everybody that's what i said yeah. qr code yeah, yeah. simple easy you straight to worry about it, yeah. Response. all you need to there worry you about it is picking up a glance picking up a glass yeah all right, then, everybody, we are unfortunately now out of time, but it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to all our lovely people today, everybody. Uh, thank you to our Jack Cameron Dickinson, to our lovely child Houston Sykes, Henry Lewis, and the one and only Sophie Willen. Have you had a fun? I have. We've had a jam-packed show. It's a jam-packed show. I'm just checking the clock because I've left the um, washing on the line. Make sure you check out our podcast. And uh, once again, let's just have that little radio sting just before we go one more time, please, if you don't mind. Just to remind you, coming your way from the 20th of June. Coming soon. Chatterbox Radio. Part of the Your Manchester Media family. Broadcasting live every day. It's where the city comes to talk. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Tortot's Future Fibre, which is up to 23 times faster than standard broadband proving that some things in life are better 
faster. Future Fibre is now available here in Manchester. To find out more, search Talk Talk Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Yeah.